The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. on the 630 Chat Afternoon News. Jalen Nye, Andrew Gross on holidays. My producer Brad Whisker joining me in studio this afternoon. Again, want to thank all of you for all of your texts on that bullying conversation that we started the show with. We will circle back around uh, a lot of great comments coming in. Right now, though, the work to honour the fallen and help the living continues in large part thanks to the work of Wounded Warriors Canada and Canadians like you who continue to support the organization. We are seeing that support right here in Edmonton as the uh, Candlelight Gala event on September 8th in Edmonton has sold right out. But what exactly is Wounded Warriors doing? Uh, who is it supporting and how is it making a difference right here at home? To find out, we are joined. We thought we'd check in with the Executive Director of Wounded Warriors Canada, Scott Maxwell. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you for having me on. Scott, your journey to Wounded Warriors is a little different. You actually have a background in public policy and government work, but that all changed about 10 years ago. Can you tell us what happened there? Yeah, sure. I was, um, well, personally, my high school friend was killed in Afghanistan in June of 2007. And, you know, I was working for a member of parliament who was the Minister of Consular Affairs, whose nephew a year previous was blown up by a suicide bicycle bombing in Afghanistan, separate. Mike McTagg, which really began uh, the Cyber Mike McTagg Wounded Warrior Fund, is how we've come to become Wounded Warriors Canada. Have so there's you... a lot of history there, and I just kind of, it happened to me both from work and then personally from my hometown. So, Scott, when you look at, at where Wounded Warriors started to where it is now, do you just kind of, wow, sit back and shake your head? Every day. I do, and um, it's uh, it's quite remarkable. Or ten times growth from a revenue standpoint now, uh, bringing in over four million dollars a year from where I started with the organization. It was, you know, just under four hundred thousand dollars a year. So, what does that mean for a charity? That means we're able to help a lot more people and serve our mission to honor and support our ill and injured veterans, first responders, and their families. Uh, a lot more because we sure know the need is great everywhere across this country. Scott, you mentioned briefly about what this this money can do, but can you paint a broader picture for us of, of what this money goes towards and how it helps families? Yeah, sure. I think one of the problems, as you just mentioned, about how far we've come is that people assume it's on the backs of uh, public funds, government mm-hmm. grants and so on. And then every single time I answer that, that's not the case. We're 100% privately funded national mental health charity people are just kind of blown away so all of the operational stress injury programs we fund and run from couples based in residence care uh individual in residence care for folks who are suffering with operational stress injuries like ptsd uh, serve animal assisted therapy for animal assisted therapy for ptsd service dogs and couples based equine therapy were the national leader in that area as well all of these things to research at the end of the day is all made possible thanks to the care, compassion, generosity of Canadians and Canadian businesses right across the country. 
Scott, I want to get into a little bit deeper about the the service dogs and the equine therapy, which I'm really sure. fascinated as 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 well with. Um, I want to get to that in a second, but you had mentioned it, it's just not military, but first responders as well. And I know after the uh, Humboldt Broncos bus crash, uh, Wounded Warriors was there front and center, um, uh, putting on a retreat for the first responders mm-hmm. who were there. Tell us about that, and um, what kind of and I, what can you share with us about that? Did you, were you there? Did you get some stories, get some feedback on it? Yeah, well, first, like, how we got, how this kind of came about for us is, as I mentioned, we were, uh, the inception was around uh, our our time in Afghanistan as a country and and supporting those uh, members after uh, Mike's injury. So then all of a sudden, as we've grown and started to really focus and and provide these impactful programs and grow nationally, not only from an impact standpoint, Standpoint, but from an awareness standpoint, revenue generation standpoint, we started to hear everywhere I went, everywhere members of our team went, we started to hear from first responders kind of coming out of the shadows and saying, you know, the, where I'm hearing and seeing and learning all about what it is you're doing for veterans, is there ever going to be a point in time where you can provide these same services, these same programs for our folks and our members and brothers and sisters because uh, we need it? And to that, it was pretty pretty powerful moments where you had to look these folks in the eyes and say we just can't do it right now but certainly if we can we will and uh we got to a point in 2016 where we were able to officially extend the scope of the mission of wounded warriors canada to include veterans first responders and their families and it's just been one of the best things we've ever we've ever done as an organization not because just of you know the impact side but it's the right thing to do trauma is trauma Mm -hmm. you know unlimited liability um, the service above self, the whole, all of these qualities and all of these traits of these folks, we've seen so much overlap with the Canadian Armed Forces. And it's, so we just felt that it was a time, it was the right thing to do as an organization. We're certainly proud that we did it. With respect to the Humboldt program, um, just because of what we've also found, the double-edged sword of the fact that the right thing to do is expand the support for first responders. The other side of it, we quickly realized there isn't a lot of support available for this population at all certainly on a national level so we felt we just would jump in and do what we could to help those on-scene first responders that were involved with Humboldt we did that we set up a fund that's that went on to raise over two hundred thousand dollars from Canadians very very quickly and then we quickly put those funds to good use and hosted a respite at retreat up in uh, northern Saskatchewan for those that were on scene and uh, we also have funds set aside that are left over that we're hoping to fund a trauma resiliency program for those that need continued support in the months and and likely years ahead. So Scott, from what I remember, I think that that retreat was held up at uh, Waskasu. That's right. Um, so these retreats that you put on, and I and I oftentimes I think there's uh, like even like fishing down in the Kawartha's, yeah. and I know yeah. there's one out here. I think up at Slave Lake as as well. Yeah. Um, and what happens at those retreats? What well, is it what, that's uh, healing about them? Yeah. What we found is not. Er- I mean, our, what we do, what we specialize in is, is clinical, clinically facilitated trauma programs. But we're also cognizant of the fact that not everybody is just ready to jump into that kind of hard work and deep, um, you know, it, it, the, the impact is profound. You've got to be really ready to kind of bear it all and, and share it all with other people. It's group-based. It's not easy to do. So one of the things that we find with our Tribute to Your Service program, which is what we held at Waskasu, is that is a gateway to providing information, uh, better understanding about what Wounded Warriors Canada does. More importantly, and I'd say most importantly, what's available for them. 
because of just what we find all the time in a country this size with such a siloed level mm-hmm. of health and wellness service support on the front line of first responders anyway, is that there's just, there's no information sharing. There's no mm-hmm. knowledge about what's really available and actually available across the country. We use that program to do that from our standpoint. What the participants get is a time to reflect, heal, get some time away from home, and get to interact with other couples who are, they quickly find out, going through very similar experiences at home as a result of their jobs, um, you know, in this case, the work as first responders. So a lot happens in three days there, and what we find after is that because of this information, because they're now aware of what we do on the trauma-based side, we get lots of registrations from folks who attended tribute to your service to go on and take some of our trauma-based programs in the months and even years later. We're speaking with Scott Maxwell, Executive Director at Wounded Warriors. Scott, you have a few different programs. Something new this year is the PTSD service dog program, and then you also have couples programming, and you mix in equine therapy mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, can you share more about those programs and the value and maybe the reception that you've had from the folks that have been in these programs as well? Yeah, I mean... Uh, where do I start? I mean, the animal-assisted therapy side, as I say, has just been, that's how we first got started in around 2013. We made the shift to mental health service dogs. We've paired over 125 service dogs now with veterans and first responders across the country. Following that, we got involved in couples-based equine-assisted therapy. That program has two centers that we fund deliveries for. One, Rocky Mountain House. Canprax, Canprax is right in yeah, Rocky Canprax, Mountain House, yeah. Even Jim, so we've worked with them they were, we were their first ever donor partner and have come, grown now to fund their, that delivery of that nationally with another center in Ontario, which kind of splits the country in half relatively nicely for people to get access to it. Uh, and then what we started to do after that is we added, the team grew, and we started to add clinicians, some of the best trauma-based therapists in, 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 in Canada working with this population. And at that point, uh, we added a national clinical advisor by the name of Dr. Tim Black from University of Victoria, for example. And we started; he started to build these trauma-based programs that he wanted to run through Wounded Warriors Canada. So that's how our couples-based uh, pro- trauma program, COPE, Couples Overcoming PTSD Every Day, was, uh, came to be. came through Tim's uh, experience in this population. And in our lap fell COPE, and the next thing you know, we're in year four. Um, have helped over 150 couples nationally go through that program. And it's so uh, similarly, similarly, the trauma resiliency program was another idea for individuals who needed residents clinical therapy, and we fund that nationally as well. So a lot's happened in a very very short period of time. Well, it's so important to help not just um, the person with the OSI, right? You've got to remember the wife, the kids. I know the Edmonton Garrison MFRC program uh, here. They have a, a, the I-Step program, which is great for the kids. It deals with kids of, of veterans with OSIs, teaching them how to cope with what mom and dad might be going through. So that's just such an important part. It's, it, it's spreading the attention and spreading the care um, to the entire family, which is which is doing such a better job, I think, of of uh, making a difference. Scott, do you, do you think that we're getting better or getting closer to um, reducing that stigma within the military, within the first responder community, when it comes to asking for help or recognizing when someone has PTSD or an OSI? 100%. I mean, how do I... I only see that empirically from our my vantage point at Wounded Warriors Canada because... It used to be we used to have to send information out 
broadly to try to get people to even come forward and take some of the programs we were funding years ago. Now, where the next phase and the challenge that we face um, here is keeping up with the, with the demand for our service support. So it's, it's, that's, that in and of itself says people are, have never been more comfortable than they are today to put their hand up and access the help that they deserve. So that's a good thing and, uh, because that's, you know, we're not, what we're trying to get, trying to change this, the, the lens from being where we started. We were dealing with everybody that hadn't received any care at all and yet have been living with an operational stress injury for eight to ten years. You can imagine the difficulty mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. And now, especially with the addition of first responders, 95% of the population we're dealing with, with in that case, are still actively employed. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be. You don't have to wait to come to Wounded Warriors Canada when you've exhausted every other resource in your life, and then you, you, know, you, come, you come to us. What we're trying to do is move this conversation forward upstream as far as we can, so when someone's not feeling quite right, they've had a bad month, a bad year, several calls, whatever the case may be, or have returned from tour, that they feel totally comfortable to learn to manage the effects of trauma uh, as a result of their service. It, for you know, because as we know, with one thing, operational stress is these aren't necessarily things that go away in a month or in a year. And many many folks will live with these injuries for the rest of their life. So it's all about managing and having tools to manage life with operational stress. So, Scott, in a nutshell, what more can be done with this? Well, I think one of the things you were just answered is why I'm on this call with what's <laughs> happening at Edmonton. I mean, the people like Giselle and Wolfgang and uh, Jalen, people like you, everyone that's come together in Edmonton to put on an event that's now sold out uh, to help do help make our work possible. I think there's, you know, obviously we could use a lot more of that everywhere in Canada, but these there's a lot more of it happening. So... You know, we just can't say thanks enough because if it weren't for events like this, Window Warriors Canada wouldn't be wouldn't exist. And more importantly, the the transformational programs that we're funding wouldn't exist. So, we, you know, Canadians can play a role despite how daunting the numbers look. Sometimes mm-hmm. they hear about suicide, they hear about the the negative side of it all too often. But there's a ton of positive sides to this conversation that's happening across the across the country. The website is woundedwarriors.ca if you want to find out more information on Twitter at woundedwarriorca. Scott Maxwell is the executive director of Wounded Warriors Canada. will be in town September 8th for the Edmonton Candlelight Gala in support of Wounded Warriors, which is now sold out. Scott, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. My pleasure. Look forward to seeing you. You too. It's uh, 2.49 on the 6.30 Ched uh, afternoon news. And again, uh, a shout out to Corporal Giselle Drew and Master Corporal Wolfgang Bretner for organizing the event. Uh, guest speakers Jason Kenny and I get to MC the event. It'll be a good night. Looking forward to it. Uh, we'll take a break here when we come back. Brad, we're going to get your phone call right after this. 252. Thanks to Scott Maxwell from Wounded Warriors for joining us, talking uh, about the work that they are doing and about the Candlelight Gala that's coming up September 8th here in Edmonton. Brad's on the phone. Hi, Brad. Hey, Brad, are you still there? Brad might have taken a, a breather. It looks like he's still on hold. Well, I'm going to give it a pause there and see if he's going to come back. But Brad's a vet with PTSD who's dealt with wounded warriors in the past. And he wanted to talk about uh, the work that uh, he had done with them. So I was looking forward to hearing from him. Well, I mean, um, Scott Maxwell, I mean, he painted 
such a great picture of, of the work they do. And I, I think um, with a father as a first responder being a police mm-hmm. officer, uh, I think that's such a great addition. Um, we only have so much time with our guests, but I did want to want to ask him about that process of finally incorporating first responders because it's only been recently and maybe I'm saying the last two or three years where people, just the general public, have started to acknowledge the trauma that first responders are dealing with Uh when they go to these horrific Uh incidents like the Humboldt bus crash Uh and and the list goes on. So I think uh, to not only be helping our our, our Canadian service members, Uh which is of course imperative, but also those first responders to add into that mix, it's just great work they're doing there. Yeah, it uh, it sure is. And if you want to read more about it, it, the website is, is really quite detailed talking about the dog program that they've just started up at the beginning of this year and we know that service dogs are it's a bit of an issue in this in this country about um, where they're getting licensed where they're getting where they're coming from all that sort of stuff what is a service dog or animal what isn't a service animal but uh, wounded warriors is doing that the the equine therapy program that they're running up Rocky, there's two of them. There's one in Ontario, and there's one up in uh, Rocky Mountain House, which is called uh, Can Praxis. And uh, those guys up there have been running that program now. Probably, I'm thinking it's about maybe five or six years, and uh, doing some really, really amazing things. And oftentimes, it's with couples as well, because you go back from everything that I have learned and 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 the people that I have talked to and the programs that I have been aware of. For a long time, it was focused just on uh, the member uh, solo on what they were dealing with. But you have to remember, like anything, if they have a partner, if there's children, there are there's fallout, there's impacts on everyone around them as well. And I had mentioned the Edmonton Garrison uh, MFRC. They have a, a leading edge uh, program that they launched a few years ago called iStep, which helps kids deal with their parents' um, PTSD or OSI, whatever you want to call it. So they understand, you know, if, you know, one of the examples was given, you know, if I take an egg out of the fridge and I break the egg on the floor and mom or dad just, you know, loses it, well, they understand maybe a little bit better about why they may have lost it given what they have gone through. So it was teaching kids how to cope as well, which I think is really, really, really important. Absolutely, because they've already been without mom and dad for months Mm -hmm. or potentially years at a time. They're so emotional at the fact that they're home. Mm-hmm. They're okay as in physically mm-hmm. they're there, but mentally yeah. they may not be. And to have that program for children, and I mean young children, it doesn't have to be just, no, you no, know, no. 18, 19 no, year no, olds. These are young kids. Young, young yeah. kids. Uh, and it's already traumatic enough to have a parent gone at that time. So, I mean, it's just another prong to all this work that Wounded Warriors does. And we're learning, too, that, you know, post-traumatic stress just doesn't necessarily happen um, immediately. It can show up in many different ways and um, in oftentimes months, if not years later. So, you know... I tip of the hat to the to the folks out there that are that are doing this work, and again, I'm looking forward to this event on September uh, on September 8th, getting to to see some of the people and see the kind of check that we get to write at the end of the night. That's going to continue to help fund the programs that they're doing. Absolutely, Wounded Warriors does great work, and who we have coming up after the three o'clock news. 
also doing great work for certain community members and people that are dealing with testicular cancer. Men's Health Front and Center, up next. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.